0: My guest on this week's episode of Sudson Search is Joel Headley, co-founder of LeadFerno and VP of Product Management at Forza slash Rio SEO. Joel is an industry veteran who has worked in a variety of roles related to product management and local search. He is a frequent conference presenter and a must-follow on social media. He's also just a super nice guy who's a lot of fun to have a beer with. It's not often that we have a scoop at Sudson Search, but I was able to chat with Joel days after it was announced that he'd be joining the team at Rio SEO. I'm going to start our conversation asking him about the career change and what made him jump at the opportunity. We're also going to spend some time learning about product management. Joel has a unique ability to bring successful products into existence. Until last spring, Joel was the director of product at PatientPop, which was a massive success. Stay tuned to learn more. Grab something cold to drink and join me for a conversation with Joel Headley. We're going to chat about his experience working at Google and how it informs his work today. I'll spend a little time chatting about Leadferno, which is my favorite text messaging app. And I'm going to ask Joel why he is excited about working in the SMB space after all these years. All right, Joel, welcome to Stuts & Search. How are you doing? Good. I'm glad to be here with you, Mark. I'm glad to have you on. It's not every day at Stuts Search that we have breaking news or scoop of any kind. So this is a big deal. You, you've accepted a position as VP of Product Management at Rio. Uh, which is part of the Forsta network. Tell us about the role and what excited you about it.
1: Yeah, so uh, most people in our space don't know Forsta. They came from a merger of three different companies. One, some may recognize Confirm It, Dappercy, and uh, Focus Vision. And they were all in the um, consumer exper- customer experience space um, doing market research. And... Um, as Forsta was joined up with press which was the parent company of rio um, we saw a really great opportunity to take their platform that's focused on cx and what they call the human experience and bring in Mm -hmm. local information into that experience so we're really trying to define what is the local experience uh, for these research platforms while also delivering on the core mission of rio which is to manage your local data in a scaled way for enterprises. So pretty excited to combine these platforms and, and leverage that to make sure customers understand uh, how to contact a local business very simply.
0: Wow, it seems like a good, uh, a good place for somebody with, with your skills. So that's where I wanna start. I, w- I wanna learn more about product management generally. I don't know a whole lot about this field, so I'll be learning along with our audience. Um, yeah, you've you had these job, job titles like head of product, director of product. This is a hard job, I can imagine, that involves coordinating a lot of people and stakeholders, but you clearly have a, pl- a flair for it. Uh, what is it about making products that intrigues you? What, what, what is this, uh, this journey you've been on here now for you're, you're a veteran of this field?
1: Yeah, at the core, product management is uh, solving problems, right? Yeah. And understanding what the market problem is and figuring out how to create a solution for it. And I think um, something that maybe people are often don't understand about product managers is they're often excited to give a product manager a solution. Like, I have an idea for you, can you build this or or can you do that? And I I think really great product managers are actually looking for, what's the problem you're experiencing? And so um, one of the, you know, the old, the old kind of, um, product management, uh, approaches. It's think people think of Henry Ford and how he has this quote where, you know, if I talked to my customers, they would have told me to build a better horse. Right. Yeah. And, and he actually built something that was way worse than a horse, right? The first cars in everybody's opinions kind of were, didn't work as well as horses did, but he was solving some problems that, uh, Uh, were articulated in terms of uh, the market was actually ripe to get these problems solved, to find something that transportation that was cheap and accessible and uh, uh, didn't have to keep dumping resources into it. So I think that's an example of where product management can really understand what the problems are and then create a solution that maybe even be novel. And then hopefully you're able to get a good sales or marketing effort to uh, then help that ex- explain that to the customers. But that's really where product management at. and in the SaaS space, it's um, even a little bit more defined where you're focused on building something. And, and often we, we, we think of these terms of product led growth, like, okay. what is it that the product can do that can grow the customer base? Um, I think There's great examples of this. I mean, very simply, when you go to like a Wix site and you see powered by Wix, somebody goes, huh, I want a website like this. How can I, how can I use this platform? So those are examples of where uh, in the SaaS space, people are really taking this idea of product led growth and figuring out how can we take a product and grow with our customers? Slack is another good, good one that we probably all use where um, if we're, if we're, uh, if I'm using it, I'm going to send you an invite for you to use it. And then it's going to grow organically that way. So those are kind of the things that excite me about the space. How can we make sure we're serving clients, solving problems and doing it in a way that can scale, um, to the problems that our, our customers are, are seeing.
0: So interesting. I mean, it's, I am very familiar with Lead Ferno is full disclosure, Search Lab is a is a customer of Lead Ferno and a big ambassador for Lead We tell people to, to use it whenever we can. So um thing I liked from the beginning is what you talked about, the simplicity of it. You found a problem that basically the way that customers were communicating changed, but businesses didn't change with them. And so there was this this is like obvious need for this in the market. And you just kind of recognize the friction or whatever the problem is, and then create a problem to solve that pain point. So I guess one of, the, one of the things that seems really difficult is to get the headspace where you can see those problems. How do you how do you go about just looking for them and, uh, and making sure they're viable and that you can actually build a product around them?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I'm going to cheat a little bit here. Like texting in the space, Leadferno is certainly not the first entrant, right? right. So... Uh, it was more like we we know this is a problem. Uh, so my co-founder is Aaron Waikie. We both speak often at these kind of local conferences and talk to lots of agencies and business owners alike, and figuring out what they really need and hearing about hey, I do have the solution, but here's where it's not working for me. Mm-hmm. And there were kind of a couple things that stood out. One. Um, uh, agencies that build websites or build content for seo or build or do ads for uh, for conversion they usually can demonstrate traffic to a website but they may not be able to fully do the full funnel of did they actually convert to a paying customer Mm -hmm. and so what we're trying to bridge in that gap is great how can we get how can we give a a partner like search lab, right? How can we get you guys to show that there was a conversion event? And and messaging is a way to do that. So that was one key insight. And part of what we've tried to do is create a program where if you have customers or clients on the platform, you can see their metrics and you understand how many times are people opening up that uh, lead box, how many people are submitting and how many people the business is marking as a one lead, right? Hmm. So yeah. hopefully tying that knot in that platform where you're br- delivering traffic, how can it, we make sure that traffic is converting in a really great way? So that's where we nice. think is the difference between our platform firm versus others.
0: I think it's spot on, yeah. And I, you know, the other part about this product product management that I wanted to talk about is it seems like you need to have not just a surface level understanding; you need a pretty deep understanding about whatever it is that you're making a product for so in the, in the in the example we have here is yeah you know, you're you're helping make products for SEO or for local SEO at, at, at that point you're really knowledgeable about this you've spoken at conferences you you've got a deep understanding but that's hard I mean like it's hard to be an SEO and have a deep understanding much less have a deep understanding and then you got to go make products for it you know, how in how, how much of a challenge is it and not just get the surface level understanding, but to really go deep in order to make products, it seems like you'd have to do you'd have to do that. You'd have to really understand the market first to identify those problems. Am I overstating that, or is that is that seem like the, the main challenge?
1: Well, I, I would say I, I've gotten pretty lucky. I, I, <laughs> you know, I got hired a long time at go- a long time ago at Google when they were just launching this little product called. Uh, well, there were actually three different products, Google Local, Google Maps, and Google Local Business Center. And I was kind of in the nexus of those launches. Um, And, and I was just the kind of person that loved to get into all the details, I wanted to know how things worked, why they worked that way. So I was very, I was very interested in how the technology worked. And so that that really allowed me to be able to when I started working with people, be able to know exactly what their problems were, and be able to have really great answers to their problems that they were facing, why was it facing this way. And frankly, for a long time at Google, it it wasn't very fun, because I didn't have, I had answers, but they weren't satisfying. Right? Hey, I just submitted my data, why isn't showing up? I'm like, Mm -hmm. I know why it's showing up, you're not going to like my answer. Right. So, um, but, but just caring a lot about the details of why and how things work really helped me to be able to go. um, That was one side of it. And then the other side of it was what are people saying about the product? Again, that's kind of this market research idea that um, uh, forced is really good at, but like, what are you saying? Why, why are you complaining or why are you happy and what are your needs? And when you can combine those two, I can say, you know what, I hear this need, and I can satisfy that need through this product or feature. And that's really, uh, really been a fun part of what I've done. But, you know, I've been lucky. Um, you know, I think local you was the first place where they really yeah. started talking about what Google was doing as a representative for Google. And I was lucky at those conferences to sit around and listen to kind of these leaders in the space and learn from them as much as hopefully they could have learned from me and so i got that tutelage week over week or month over month however times i went to these conferences and listened to the likes of um you know a mike blumenthal or even an aaron wike who's my partner now or all those folks uh joy hawkins who have been really deep into as practitioners and really understand what they're doing and learn a lot. So it's been really great for me. I'm just, you know, a lot of this is just luck <laughs> being right place, <laughs> right time, knowing the right people. And I've known fantastic people in this space.
0: It's, it's interesting. You, you mentioned that you worked at Google. I, I have a question for you is maybe, yeah. maybe out of left field, but many of us in agency life speculate a lot about Google, right? So what yes. they're doing as a company, it, you didn't work there for a short period. Tell you, according to your LinkedIn, unless that deceives me, twelve years at Google. So, you had many different jobs there. Um, you know, what did that experience at Google help you know about Google? Like the thing that we're all trying to figure out in this agency, folks. That what's what's making this company tick. Um, is there any takeaway from that that twelve year period? that you are able to take into your life and go, you you guys are off base on that uh, as agency folks, or that you just, you just know how the, how the company ticks a little bit.
1: Yeah. So I spent, thank you for asking. Um, I spent a long time at Google. I, the entire time I was at Google, I was in the site, what we call the organic side. I don't know if they call it that, but the search side of the business, not the ad side. Okay. And, um, and it is a unique thing to be at a company that sort of prints money and and i and i don't i'm not saying that just to kind of like brag about it but they're like the money that funded the business eric schmidt used to say revenue solves all known issues so if there's a problem with a group what as long as there's revenue nobody really cared. it wasn't a problem right, right. and what that meant is You know often in the in the seo space people are like google's making this change to make more money right Mm -hmm. and you would you people might be surprised to realize how little the non-ad side of the business is thinking about money right they really that's and i know now that i've worked at these different companies where everything is about the balance sheet how are we gonna get more customers? And I get how, especially independent SEOs are just really like, how am I gonna get from here to there in the next six months to make sure that my team is paid, I am paid, right? That That is a huge amount of what you have to think about. No one has to think about that at Google often in the, in the part of the business I was in. And as a result, um, and maybe not as a result, but by by decision, like by conscious choice, they really do think about those principles that are impor- that mm-hmm. Google says are important to them. And it sounds trite, this whole thing of don't be evil. And I'm sure mm-hmm. there's lots of things where people have shown where Google has been evil. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, I've been in lots of rooms where people have said, is this a little bit evil? and Mm -hmm. debated it and talked about it and said, yeah, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. I mean, there was actually some care around that people had some pride about working in a place that wasn't trying to, you know, take over (laughs) the world in a way that was destroying it at the same time. Right. Like that mattered to people there. And it was part of the discussion. And I think like that lack of vision on, how do we make money in the search side of the business? And two, like really caring about delivering something that was useful. Uh, People talked about the mission more than any other group I've been part of. People have talked about the mission and its values more often. And it came up more as a part of what we were doing and planning than any other place I've ever been. And I think that probably would be surprising to people.
0: It's surprising to me. Yeah, you don't think of, like this global business being the place of core values and a don't be evil and all of these things, but uh, I think that's that's a fascinating answer. Yeah, I, I do want to ask you about your your current employer. So Rio SEO, um, this has been a, a brand name in the industry for a while now, it's constantly like winning awards for their products. Um, I know you're still early in your term, within days of uh, we're filling this, within days of you starting, but. Can you talk in general terms about the products you're inheriting? you know what, what sorts of products are you going to be working with now? and uh, at, the, at the outset you talked about this relationship with Forsta and where those products will be going. but where is the product suite today?
1: Yeah so so Rio is really great at listing management for enterprises. Um, okay. and, and I, I, they manage locations and they try to find products where if you're managing a location it makes sense to fit in so a natural fit with managing locations is managing reputation of those locations right that, so that's a big pillar in this location management system of course listings is at its core like we want to build something for enterprises where they don't wor- have to worry about google we take care of that for them or they don't have to worry about apple or any of the other published directories we take care of that for them, and we can offer them an array of flexible options of where they want to publish to and how they want to be perceived online. Um, the other, and we offer the metrics, uh, uh, whether it's where they're published, how well they're ranking in those pub, uh, published areas, or, um, or how many reviews they're getting. And then one thing that um, I think is just amazing about this team is that they will take the time to build the local pages uh, exactly to the way that that website owner wants it. So we will deliver Mm -hmm. local pages for a customer uh, that are beautiful, that look like they're part of that website and uh, that are all driven by that location location management software that we have.
0: Interesting. One word that, that comes to mind is scale. So you, you mentioned you've got you've got a lot of locations now, you've got a lot of information and you're dealing with small businesses by and large, or, or at least small businesses in, in terms of the units. Um, when you're thinking about product management, that seems like a term, particularly in this space with, with small businesses, that seems like a, a term that must come up a lot, that must be on your whiteboard a lot, that must be involved in these planning sessions. As you think about small business and scaling, what are some principles or some heuristics that you you like to go back to over and over again?
1: Yeah, I I think um, we there's a few things. One, I want to make sure that when we think about building products, we're thinking about how what's the impact on all of the customer base, right? Mm. Um, and this was true even at Patient Pop, where it was mostly small businesses, not large enterprises. What could we do? that kind of was like uh uh lifted all all everyone across the platform um there are of course some things that you want to do on a per client basis particularly when you're in an enterprise setting Um, but but what are the things that is going to provide the most value across uh, the greatest swath of the customer base um uh, and and those sometimes are hard conversations because Uh, especially when you serve enterprises, people sometimes look at, well, if we lose this one deal, or if we lose this one customer, we really got to customize. And what happens is when you get into customization, you end up getting in a place where um, you're creating a feature specific to one person. And it it creates a big headache for the team on how to maintain and move forward that feature. And that's actually Mm -hmm. really hard to do over time. So when you think about scale you think about what's going to impact the greatest group of customer base and two how can we build it in a way that will increase that will um, increase usage but it's more than that it's really how can we build it where we found the right product market fit that's something that's thrown around a lot but really it means can we get people to not only use this but to not um to consistently use it or to always leverage that feature and we think about customer churn sometimes there's feature churn and we want to make sure that people don't just churn from those features that they're really getting the value out of what the problem that we think we're trying to solve
0: Mm, i love it well you mentioned patient pop i want to i want to talk to you about this other this other business that you had it was just an astonishing success so it's easy to read about like the company scaled from a million bucks to seventy seven million bucks. Why was this so successful? What, what was it about the products that had such a massive impact? As you look back on it,
1: yeah, well, number one, Patient Pop just had a great sales team. I mean oh. that that was key to its success. Um, the other piece is that we were solving we were solving a problem that's been hard to do. Uh, at scale for a lot of companies, which is we built websites, we built customized websites for clients. And we actually built them really fast. Many customers could launch within 30 days, which is actually a little bit unheard of in the industry. When you built a website from zero to a full website, it was hard. It's it was hard to find a competitor that could do that that quickly. Uh, And then the other thing is, of course, we focused on the specific needs of a single vertical. In this mm-hmm. case, healthcare. So we knew we had an opportunity. Um, healthcare was often about how do you fix online schedule or how do you fix the scheduling problem. We delivered online scheduling, and how do you make sure that gets integrated back into kind of the back end office systems? So we had integrations with those office systems to make sure we. Um, uh, we were embedded with the kind of the core scheduling system of the practice, um, and ultimately we were able to show with metrics that uh, the practice was more successful with Patient Pop. Without, if they were, if we were integrated with mm-hmm. them, we brought them customer, we brought them patients, we brought them reviews, uh, mm-hmm. their their online presence shown. Uh, and just improved as long as when they were on the Patient Pop platform. The other kind of neat little secret there is that we were, this vertical, this industry of healthcare had historically underinvested online. Mm-hmm. I um, hope nobody sees this, but there was one area where we didn't do too well, which is with chiropractors. Mm-hmm. And, um, my thought around that was because chiropractors as a cash based kind of healthcare business had always been in kind of online marketing from the start. Right. Yeah, they, they were picking up on kind of very early on, what can we do on online? Because we have to bring in customers. We we can't rely on this like steady stream coming from a contract we have with some healthcare company or, uh, you know what are they called health insurance right yeah. you really had to find their customer their patients oh. and so they had heavily invested online whereas uh, an OBGYN a primary care physician um really hadn't and uh so when just like in the early days of local SEO when all you had to do was build some citations and mm-hmm. everything was magical after that for a couple yeah. years uh, this was an industry where if we built a great website and gave some great tools to a practice, uh, they just flourished in a in a market where there wasn't that much investment.
0: Well, it's, it's fascinating. Well, what, what ties all these places, all these stops that you've had, whether that's Google or Leadferno or now at Rio SEO, is this emphasis on SMBs or local solutions anyway. Um, what about this space still excites you all these years later? What, what about helping this, this market yeah, is, is is exhilarating to you?
1: Yeah, so um, I would say actually that's one of the reasons I chose to leave Google because I started doing work while it was core in search. It was kind of getting away from the local space, and uh, mm-hmm. Patient Pop was an opportunity to come back and get back into the local space. And I think um, one, I just love the community. I mean, um, uh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I've, I've been to so many conferences. I mean, these are folks that I consider good friends of mine. And in fact, uh, my co founder at lead you know, we met at local you, right? Yeah. He, he and uh, developed a relationship over many years, right? And decided, hey, we're a good fit to like start a thing together. Um, uh, so, you know, I got to know the product of lead Ferno. By them being at conferences, and I not just know the product, but get to know some of the people behind it. We met, we talked, and uh, knew there were great people there, and an exciting time to join that product and really figure out how to steer that ship into the future was exciting to me. So I, I think it's, you know, just like anything where um, people leave their jobs because of a bad boss you kind of mm-hmm. can go into an industry because of great people that uh, you just want to continue to be associated with.
0: Boy, that's, that's, that's very true. And I think, I will say this, I don't think it's true of every part of digital marketing. There's, people get very competitive, they get, egos get involved. This is a really special part of the, the local community. So, um, well, awesome. Well, well, Joel, you've got so much going on. Um, if you want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Should, favorite social media favorite uh place well, to I find am
1: you. I am on Twitter at Headley. um okay. uh, so as long as that service is still up <laughs> you can find <laughs> me <there. laughs> yeah. um uh so yeah that, awesome. that yeah. that's typically where i'm found but linkedin just look me up there i'm there too but uh uh yeah um yeah, I really appreciate this time, Mark. It's been awesome to talk
0: to you. No, it's awesome to talk to you. You know, I've, I've been asking that question for a 100-something episodes now, and it's never gotten hard until the last two episodes where <laughs> people are like, I'm not sure if Twitter's still going to be around, but that's where I like to hang out. So we'll <laughs> see. Um, well, well, Joel, thank you so much for coming on. For everyone watching, I'll be back next week with another episode of Susan Search. Thanks again, Joel. Thanks, Mark.
1: Oh, there's Mark.